Hey guys, welcome to episode 101 of Epifree's Podcast, and we're glad to be back! We're back! Yes, finally! Happy Pie Day to anyone that celebrates Pie Day. Eat some pie! Eat a lot of pie, please. Eat some pie for me. Yeah, and for me too. Mm-hmm. And with Cool Whip, because Jamie didn't get any this time. Or ice cream. Cool Whip. Anyways, for this episode, we welcome Emily Veer Nickel. She's very well known for her role in Black Museum, um, the last episode of his latest season of Black Mirror. And she's also been in Chicago Med recently, where she plays a really concerned mother. And she has a really good concerned face, right, Jamie? That's right, man. That concerned face is on point. Yeah, it's like one. Of, it's like the best concerned face I've ever seen. Like, you should take note of that concerned face. Like, if she was concerned about me with that concerned face, I'd feel, like, really, really cared for. So, yeah. So, shout out to Emily. Thank you for being on our podcast. Um... She's really awesome. You guys are going to enjoy this interview. We enjoy talking to her. And if we could have talked to her for like an hour more, it would have been great. So come back anytime, please, Emily, because, you know, we love talking to you. And you can add a whole bunch of like cool stuff <laughs> about behind the scenes acting world stuff to our podcast. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. But she's like really like a beam of light, man. Positivity. Just don't, don't tell him everything. Oh, OK. All right. Well, I love you, Emily. No, I'm just- <laughs> Yeah, um, this episode is brought to you by uh, Battleground Games and Comics in Dalton, Georgia, off of Airport Road. Um, they are an amazing, great, it's like very cool comic book store, but has movies and video games and arcade games and board games, card games. It's definitely like a nerd haven. Yeah, so shout out to Michael and Jason um, for helping us out, helping us sponsor this podcast, and everyone else who hangs out at Battleground. They have some really cool people to hang out there, too. Um, so... Without further duration, Emily Vernickel. really busy actually um and it's been wonderful ever since I got back from my travels for the holidays I've just sort of come back to New York City and hit the ground running and it's been non-stop ever since it's been great it's been really great can you like share anything with us that you've been working on or it's like all hush hush right now yeah actually so so now is kind of when pilot season is happening and um I had a big huge self-tape audition to do uh, last week, which was really fun to work on. Um, and I can't tell you what it was that it was for or what it was for, but <sighs> no. it was super exciting. Really? Um, nice. Yeah. Okay. And I could probably tell you that it's for Netflix. Um, okay. But that's about it. And uh, it was just it was just a really wonderful piece to work on. Um, it took, I think it was like four scenes and a major reversal flip for the character, which was really exciting. Oh, nice. nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I was doing a workshop with Adrian Weiss, who is a director and film director here in New York City. And she's also a teacher at uh, Columbia University. And she was doing a directing actors workshop. And so I had auditioned for it. And she's basically teaching all these directors how to interact with and work with actors. Oh. And I was I was selected for two scenes. So I did two scenes and then I had all these rehearsals and things building up to the presentation. So that's what I was doing last week. Um, and then this week, just like reconnecting with people from the holiday break and getting back into my writing work and all of that. So it's... Uh, you know, sort of like kickstarting the year is right. um, yeah. what I've been focusing on. It's pretty awesome. You do writing too. I didn't even know that. I am a writer as well. I know I'm a little bit of a Jane of all trades. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I am writing a short film that I'm hoping to produce later this year and eventually turn into a feature film. And it's about uh, the opioid addiction crisis in oh. America. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be a little bit, it's what I'm, what I'm hoping it's going to be like is the movie crash. Okay. 
and Wind River, if you saw that recently this year. I haven't seen that one yet, but I haven't okay. seen Crash, though, yeah. And also, it was in, I actually left the movie uh, the, the Florida Project, mm-hmm. and that's what inspired me to write this piece. Oh, nice. So, I was just going to yeah. ask that. <laughs> yeah, answer my question. Yeah. <laughs> have, you see, have you seen the Florida Project? Uh, no, I haven't seen that or the other one you mentioned. These are like movies that just kind of go over my head, I guess. Because sure, I'm just so used sure. to like blockbusters. Yeah, you know? they're a little they're a little bit more indie. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of more my taste as far as when I'm creating. Right. If I'm writing something, that's kind of more the realm that I that I'm in, um, rather than blockbuster. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so. I like a lot of indie stuff too. Just like they don't have like a lot of marketing for them so like commercials just always will get like totally. infinity wars coming out you know stuff like that you, you know just kind of have to hear about them word of mouth a lot of times yeah and, like we're doing now and then we'll go check them out and then suggest yeah. them to our friends and then right exactly. circle it out yeah I, I usually just catch them on like a streaming service which is really helpful exactly yeah that that is really helpful when they when they go to itunes or amazon or yeah Definitely. Or Netflix. Um, mm-hmm. But I actually, I seek them out by going to little, like, independent film houses. Nice. Um, yeah. Like Sunshine Cinemas and Angelica okay. uh, Film Center in New York City. And I'll, and I'll, like, look up and watch the trailers and then see what I'm interested in and, and go and see them. Oh, did you? Of course, with a movie pass. Oh, (laughs) yeah, movie pass. Yeah, tell me that's not like the greatest thing ever, right? Like ten bucks. Oh, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. It makes life so much easier. (laughs) Like amazing. Um, have you seen End of the Effing World on Netflix? You can curse, by the way, on this podcast if you want to. Oh, great! Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That's really fucking good. What was it called? Um, End of the Fucking World on Netflix. It's really good. It's like a short, limited series, but it's like it has like an indie vibe to it. I think some no, probably No, like, I haven't seen that. I'll have to watch that. Yeah, you should check End it out. End of the Fucking World. Yeah. And they're like 20-minute episodes, so it's not like going to take up all of your time. And ironically, it stars a character or an actor from another Black or Black Mirror episode. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, he's oh, in... Uh, which actor? I don't know his name, but... Uh, well, let me look it up real quick. So, um, Emily, you're from London originally, right? No, you're I'm not. not oh, actually. okay. I, <laughs> I'm purple. Um, I'm from Virginia originally. From Virginia. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's where I grew up. I grew up on a farm. Did you really? And oh. I did. I did. So I grew up, and my mom and dad were dairy farmers, and oh, wow. awesome. we milked cows. And then, actually, before I got older we switched over and we had sheep. And so I sort of grew up raising bottle feeding lambs. Um, That's really cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and my family is actually of English descent. So okay. we have a ton of family still in England and my mom emigrated when she was six years old to oh. Pennsylvania. So we used to go over there all the time to see our family. Oh, nice. And so I have this sort of like transatlantic mix of a background and upbringing of right. being in London okay. and uh, all everywhere in the UK and in Virginia. Um, and then about four and a half years ago, I moved up to New York City. Awesome. Okay. Well, I guess I was corrected. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no. I did. I, sh- I shot Black Mirror in London okay. in May of Got last it. year. So that can also be sort of a point of confusion and I'm a dual citizen so nice it's kind of good that you didn't know where I was from because I, I want that I want to be a little <laughs> elusive like yeah. you know like no one really knows where I'm from if I'm English or American or what so that's good <laughs> no that's definitely like a credit to you so did you think Back I up. would have a British accent Actually, I did. Yeah, I kind of did. <laughs> yeah. Really? I mean, oh I, I'm not like disappointed or anything if you don't, but I just kind of yeah. Because you really you, you do really good accents on your uh, demo reel that I heard. So I was like, oh yeah, maybe she's British. But <laughs> oh my god, this is amazing! I'm so glad you guys were so confused. <laughs> I love it. Because I keep I keep posting on my socials everything like NYC, LA, London yeah, actor. You yeah, know, yeah. trying to like. Yeah, that's why I was like, oh, maybe she has an accent. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, no, I can definitely pull one out when needed. I, for say, I roles love it. Things, but yeah, but, but I but I have more of a a standard American and transatlantic accent. Yeah, um, you have a good accent, like definitely. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, were you pretty, gonna say Chris? I was just gonna say it's pretty cool that you know you get British actors who have American accents, and now we have an American actor who has British accent and confuses us all. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. But <laughs> the the actor from End of the Fucking World uh, is Alex Lothar, mm-hmm. and he played Kenny in the season three episode of, uh, of Black Mirror called Shut Up and Dance, and I think that's the one where like. He gets the he gets blackmailed into doing all these things. Oh yeah, I love that one. It's really messed up. It was <laughs> so the entire series. Yeah, because like you think he's like innocent until the end. You're like, oh, yeah. that's what he was doing. <laughs> it's like he yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's so a creeper. <laughs> so like, wh- when did you realize you wanted to get into acting? Well, I. I was always involved in the performing arts ever since I was little. So my uh, right near where I grew up, there's this beautiful dance studio um, that I used to go to. And so I started dancing when I was three. Okay. Um, And then, you know, I guess like through, I was homeschooled. So through the homeschool community, mom found out about, Barbersville Vineyards and the Shakespeare at the Ruins, which was this beautiful annual summer performance at this old burned down building. That sounds kind of cool. Yeah. On, on Barbersville Vineyard property, which is this gorgeous vineyard in the middle of uh, Virginia. And, um, and we did Midsummer's Night Dream and I was a fairy. And so that was like (laughs) my, my first entree into acting and theater um and then from there on i just was acting dancing singing playing piano doing all of the uh, performing arts um and so i didn't actually like i didn't actually like know like ah i want to be an actor okay um until (laughs) until i was a senior in high school and i was looking to go to colleges and i was you know, I was looking at liberal arts colleges because that's what everybody else was doing. And I was right. like, I don't know what I want to major in. Like, yeah. I've been doing performing arts all my life. I want to have a school that does that. But I don't know if that's what I want to study and major in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I was also a big, huge fan of Spanish. Okay, cool. Um, and I thought maybe I would want to do Spanish language and study abroad and, like, all of that whole track. Right. So, yeah. so I ended up applying and getting into and going to Goucher College in Maryland. Um, and that summer, as a graduation gift, my grandmother and her husband gifted me a two-week intensive at, um, uh, what is it called? Stratford Shakespeare Festival's two-week summer program wow. for, awesome. yeah, for high schoolers. And I went there and I was, it was basically like a stay away camp, you know, doing acting and doing workshops and seeing plays from like nine to six. And then every day you would see a different show at the festival. That's awesome. And when I did that, I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? Why am I not going to be an actor? Like, what? What was I thinking? And I had that realization at this training and I thought okay well I'm going to the completely wrong school that doesn't have a strong theater program or acting program so I thought okay well I mean it's the middle of the summer like I'm already attached so I'm gonna go there and just have the best time so I went to Goucher and I had an amazing time I studied abroad I went to Mexico for three weeks. I was, I danced, I took English classes. I took a couple theater credits that I knew would transfer to my new school. And then, um, I joined a dance company and I toured a little bit. (laughs) It was really fun. Oh wow! Yeah. And I had a great time. And then I transferred to Towson university, which is like five minutes down the road, which has a very solid theater acting program. And I remember when my, my mom and I went to tour, we walked into the building and I walked into the big, massive like entryway and I was like, oh, this is it. This is it. This is where I should be studying because I was just so in awe of the building, you know, like, which totally does not indicate whether or not it's the right program. But, but everything after that was just like solidifying the fact that like the teachers, the classes and everything about the school was where I wanted to be and, and focus on what I'm doing. So um, I went to Towson and then, and then trained there. 
okay. and was very obsessive and serious about my training. Was basically just like a workaholic and took way too many classes <laughs> no, and way really. too many credits. Oh gosh, okay. Do you remember what it was like? Um, I, I guess thank your grandparents for opening that door. I guess right, pushing you a little oh, bit to go over that. Hugely. Camp. I mean, they they were always supportive of all of my performing artists you know, art experiences. Like yeah. they were always at the plays. They always came to my musicals. They always came to my dancing performances, everything. And um, I think it was, it was Poppy Bill, my uh, grandmother's husband, who saw the intensive program in, um, in one of the programs they saw during a show. And they were like, oh, Emily should go to this. And um, so they gifted that to me because they were like, you need to, you need to, you need to experience this and you love acting so much. And, you know, they really believed in me and they pushed me towards that. And that's kind of where I had the epiphany. That's, that's great. I mean, it's always nice when you have that solid support system that they're not yeah. pushing you to be like, you should be an accountant. You're like, I want to go act. You know? Yeah, no, I've always had like a, 150% support from my family, which is unbelievable. And I realized that that's like finding a unicorn. <laughs> so yeah, I'm so, so grateful of that. Um, Cause that's always been the case, which is special. Right. Yeah. Really special. Do you remember what it was like the first time you were on stage? I know you said you like started three, but maybe you can remember something after that possibly. Um, I remember, I mean, I remember being a fairy in Midsummer's Night Dream. And of course I named her, I named her Violet. Oh, cool. Um, <laughs> and, and I remember, I mean, like the fairies are very small parts, right? And like, we're all like seven, six, five-year-old children <laughs> running around <laughs> in the boxwoods around this ruin right. and yeah. laughing and giggling and like chasing each other and singing. Um, and then just like being on stage. And I just remember, I don't know, I guess I just remember like loving people watching me play oh, <laughs> like, right. and have yeah. fun. Yeah. Right. Course. And I was like, I'm having so much fun. I'm like, you guys get to enjoy <laughs> me having fun. <laughs> I guess like, I was like, I'm into that. You're right. Of course. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I remember. Do you like feel that way now? Like you guys get to watch me have fun, like when you're on front of camera. I mean, <laughs> let's talk about the big elephant in the room about actors in general. Yeah, is that we enjoy having, like, telling stories mm -hmm. and playing and having fun and right. having human experiences while being watched. Right. Yeah. That's just like the big elephant in the room for every <laughs> actor, every performer, ev anything like musician. Like, mm -hmm. forget about it. Like. There's an element of, like, we love to be enjoyed and watched and entertain people. That makes sense, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah. But um, no one ever wants to admit that. No one ever wants to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> At least you're honest. Yes, seriously. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yes, honesty is the policy for me. Always. <laughs> keeping it all the way real today. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Saturday morning. No excuses. <laughs> um, do you have any, like, direct influences that... Um, help you craft your style of acting that you have? Well, I, I have like a massive toolbox and I just pull from anything, um, that I've learned. I've, I've trained all over the place. I mean, right. I've, I've trained, um, at Orange School of Performing Arts in, uh, Virginia, Stratford Shakespeare Festival, Towson University. Um, I've done some of a Meisner based, program in New York City here. I studied with Larry Moss, who's an amazing master teacher in LA. I've studied with Jean-Louis Rodrigue and Christophe Conrad, who work mostly with animal studies and Alexander technique, which is basically just sort of like a body alignment and basically tuning your instrument, which is the body for an actor, um, to best express um, what you need to be expressing for okay. whatever piece you're doing. Um, I've done voice work in Banff, Canada with Richard Armstrong, um, who comes from the Roy Hart technique in vocal, uh, vocal singing and expression. So I kind of pull from many different places. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I also study with Robert Colt, who's like my, my most recent teacher who I just have loved. And I feel like when I, when I found Robert and I found his technique, I really, felt like that totally was a game changer right. in booking work. And, and for me as an actor, it really opened up, um, how to work. Um, so I, I really attribute a lot of my work, my most recent work to him. 
and his techniques in his class. So, like, you've done all this training. Uh, I guess you started, like, you say you started super early, but <clears throat> out of high school, I'm guessing. You just yeah, kinda, like... it was really more out of high school okay. that I really started chasing teachers okay. and being totally obsessed and addicted to techniques and finding out new um, ways of doing things. <laughs> and, like, do you, as far as, like, time management, is that, like, was that, like, hard for you to manage all those things? Like, or do you just, like, take it, like, a few things a year? You know what I mean? Like, I want to get like, these three things done in a year. Or how do you do that exactly? I mean, I'm pretty, like, like full steam ahead. Like, okay. if, I, That's cool. if yeah. I want something, I am laser beam focused on right. it. And yeah. I'm going after it. And nothing's getting in my way. That's awesome. So I'm, like, great. I'm taking all these classes. Oh, yeah. Like, I've also taken clown class. <laughs> Clown classes. Really? Whoa, yeah, cool. I love. Oh my god, clowning classes are amazing, and I take them with Michael Toomey here in the city, and he's oh, phenomenal, awesome. phenomenal. <laughs> I go to Shakespeare for him. I do. I do. I just like all sorts of things. Um, yeah, yeah, really cool. yeah. And I just, I just sort of like anything I can. I, I pick it up if I, if I find a teacher that I'm like, ooh, I really want to work with that teacher. Yeah. I will find the right workshop for me and find the time to do it and just make it happen That's because awesome. I don't think there should be anything stopping us from where we want to go and where we want to, where we want to get to. Yeah. And the quick, you know, if I, if I can find a quick way to get there, great, let's do it. That's like super inspirational because like so many things I want to do where you're like, I don't have the time, but you know, you just have, kind of have to make it happen. Like you said. So. Oh, yeah. the fallacy <laughs> of not having time. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big, huge resistance. Yeah, you're um, uh, mantra that comes up sometimes for me. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that comes up sometimes is, oh, I don't have the time or, oh, I don't have the money right. or, yeah, you money, know, things definitely. like that. And, and I think I really, I really challenge myself to never take delivery of that. So that thought comes up in my mind and I go, ha that's funny. I see you trying to sabotage me and I'm going to push you out of the way and I'm going to keep going for what I need because yeah. there's always a way right. to find the time. That's true. If it's what you love, you will always find the time, right? Yeah. Like we all, like we don't say, oh, I don't have time to eat, do we? No, definitely not. No, we're all like, I love eating. Let yeah. me get some food. Like, I always right. have time to eat. I yeah. always have time to have an ice cream. I oh, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like, no, you're right. That's true. Great. Like, I definitely have the time. Same thing with like, oh, I don't have the money. Like, it's like there's always a way. Like, like even if they're not offering a scholarship, even if they're not offering like a work study or whatever, ask. Right. There's no harm in asking. Yeah. So, you know, a teacher's teaching a class and you're like, oh, that's really expensive for me right now that I don't know if I have that in my budget. Mm-hmm. OK, great. Like I'll email and be like, hey, like I really love your methodology and I really want to want to take a class from you. Can I come audit for half price? Can I um, offer to do some of the like emailing for you mm-hmm. and get a percentage off of the workshop or what, right. you know, what can I provide right, that right. would give them a little bit of a, a break yeah. and, and then me a break as well. So I think, I think, um, there's always a way yeah, and, and usually idea. too, there's always a way that people will work with you. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. if you say, Oh, I just, I really don't have it right now. They'll be like, okay, like let's come up with a payment plan. Right, which right. is genius and wonderful. And as long as you're honest and as long as you're on time and you're honest, you're honestly, you know, willing to do what you agreed to do, then, then you can all, you, you, you build that trust right, and you know course. that going forward. And then when someone else asks, you can say, well, here's a reference of what we did last time. And, you know, maybe we could work out something similar. Yeah, so, of course. That's like a great, like a great approach. I'll definitely yeah. keep that <laughs> locked away in my head. That was awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what is it that, what is it that you want to do? Oh, um, I've always been obsessed with like, uh, some kind of martial art <laughs> and I've always, martial wanted, to learn, <laughs> and I always mm-hmm. wanted to learn something since I was a kid. Like I took karate for like a few, a few months, but like, I just didn't cool. continue, but I was I was really young, like maybe like uh, six or seven. So you don't really know what you want to do at six or seven, mm. but but now just. Well, I mean, I did. Yeah, of course. Come on, you're talking to the person who played violent. Yeah, but um, I guess I'm not on your level, Emily. Obviously. <laughs> no, um, you totally are, because I believe I believe that when you're a kid, like you're just so 
like intuitive. The yeah. way you play no, is true. what you should be doing. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Right? Like, so if you loved martial arts and like, that's what you did in your spare time to entertain yeah. yourself, like, that's what you should do. Like, you should totally <laughs> take a class. That would be amazing. Like, I should, and connect with that spirit. I should be making up like Batman stories and making like power, power noises and stuff. Cause that's what I did too. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> with the my world toys. of animation. Hello. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's so true. <laughs> the world of voiceover animation. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. it's amazing. Like you can just create, all these characters yeah. and it's like you're playing with little action figures or you're you know dressing up as <laughs> princess no. whatever yeah, and you're so like true. you know fighting the dragon so yeah so true yeah that makes sense seriously i, I, I mm-hmm. like her yeah she has like a really <laughs> ins- inspirational attitude i appreciate it yeah yeah no but you're right you're t- i totally agree with you seriously it's really a great mindset to have i need to like uh, adopt that <laughs> yeah really. Um, do you have a process that you go, that you use to prepare for an audition? Um, well, it depends on, it kind of depends on the material, mm-hmm. um, and what I, you know, in my initial read, I'll do either two things. I'll either read the sides and sort of get a feel for what the arc is and what is happening right. and what the story is from like an observer and perspective. Um, or an audience perspective rather, or I will, or I will take a script and literally look at the, look at the lines, memorize a portion, look up at a spot on the wall and deliver that line for how I'm feeling. Yeah, Yeah. And I'll do that very, very methodically, very, very slowly. Um, and doing that there's a lot that can be discovered naturally, innately, without going too much into crafting and, and character work and all of that, right. that I think really gives me um, something raw to work with, mm-hmm. which I really love doing. Yeah, so I'll either do one of those two things. Sometimes I'll do both. Um, and then I, I, you know, I just, depending on the role, I'll pick something out of my toolbox that I want to use. Sometimes I'll, I'll work with the Alexander technique and the animal studies work that I've done, or I'll do sort of lob on lob on movement qualities. And I'll think about the physical action of what physical quality I feel like would be, um, how I want to pair with the line. And then I'll do that big physically, and then I'll pair it down for, uh, stage and film. Oh, wow. um, okay. So, yeah. That's huge. Whoa. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I'll do that. And then, and then, you know, there's all the sort of jargon, the actor jargon, like what's your objective and what's your right. action and what do you want from the other person? And like, yeah. what's your paraphrase? And there's all of that. And I find that those things are helpful occasionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes they are so unhelpful. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my main thing is trying to get it into my body and into my heart and my lungs. Um, rather than go intellectual. Right. Um, okay. That makes sense. And sometimes I think that, d- you know, different approaches I think can have more of an intellectual approach versus a physical body approach. And I think it's more important for me personally to have that physical body approach yeah, to my work. Yeah. yeah. Do you have like a best and worst part of acting? Is that a thing for you or you just kind of just enjoy it all? Mm, best and worst part of acting. No, I don't think there's anything like, I don't think there's any best part or worst part. I mean, I think if I go, if I think back to my theater days, I think the worst part is tech. Mm-hmm. Tech is always super tedious, Okay, but it's always worth it if you really go slowly during tech and get it all right, because then that first performance is so solid. Right. Um, yeah. And that's a huge joy. And I think that, I, you know, I could say uh, rehearsals are a little bit boring or dull, but I don't I don't believe that because you're always discovering something new and you're playing with an amazing director and hopefully amazing actors as well. And you're just like uncovering all of these things. And so it's it's really a, a beautiful creative process, the whole thing from start to finish. Um, and with any creative process, there's an up and there's a down. But but the downs are there because 
that's how you know there's an up, you know? Like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's all yin and yang, right? Like, it ha- yeah. there has to be that curve that goes up and down and up and down. No, of course. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just it's similar to breathing. Like, you breathe in and you breathe out, right? And that's, like, that's how the creative process is. I think Chris only breathes out, though, so that's the problem here. Yeah. yeah. I never breathe in. It's just... Yeah, Chris never breathes <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Take it away, sir. I'm going to beat you <laughs> off to the podcast. So you have many acquired skills such as hand-to-hand combat, dagger training, uh, horseback riding, and uh, finger mm-hmm. symbol playing. Uh, have any of these uh, skills helped you with landing roles or in roles that you've performed? Well, um, finger symbols, not yet. Um, <laughs> I am a belly dancer, and I used I used to belly dance um, quite a bit, actually, with uh, Suhaila Salampour and her company out in San Francisco. Um, but so I haven't had any opportunity to utilize those skills um, for a role yet. Um, but with writing, um, I was in a short film a couple of years ago called CIT, which is about young girls stay away riding horseback riding camp. Um, and it was a, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful little story about, uh, two young women who are best friends. Um, and the one, uh, my character, Sarah finds out that her best friend's father has passed away and she's not allowed to like, she's, she knows this information and her best friend Lizzie doesn't know this information and she can't, tell her and it's it's just that tension and that experience of knowing something and not being able to tell somebody that you love and care about that a huge wave is about to hit them um and you can't be there for them even though you know everything so um that short film there was a bunch of riding and uh working with horses that I was involved with that um I think my riding experience helped me land that role because she asked me what my riding experience was. And I was very honest. Um, you know, I said, look, I haven't been on a horse for a long time, but like, I definitely have worked with horses and I feel comfortable with horses and I love, I love riding. So, um, was able to, yeah, that's how I, how I guess that helped me get the role. Um, and then as far as I can hand and rapier combat work, I, you know, I don't think, I don't think I've ever, gotten a role with any of that um although I've done sort of classical theatrical work so like Shakespeare I mean I think that that's helpful to have as far as um awareness uh for physical combat in anything so that would be something that I helped me with nice so you need to be on the lookout for like a Arabian like sword belly dancer kind of role so you can combine both of those. I mean, that would be amazing. That would just go <laughs> Let's be honest. That would be amazing. <laughs> I have danced with a pot on my head. Um, that we did the pot dance at the at uh, in the company Balanat, which is out in San Francisco, and that's the company that I danced with a couple times um, through Suhela International, and uh, and we created these like paper mache pots. And we had to dance with them on our head um, and balance them. So that was really challenging, but really fun. Um, making the pot was not fun. My first pot was an <laughs> epic fail. It was <laughs> so bad. It was so ugly. It was so ugly. Uh, do you have pictures? We need to see how ugly this thing was. Uh, do you have pictures? I don't think I have pictures of my first pot. <sighs> no. My second pot I still have. Nice. And yeah, I don't know why I haven't gotten rid of it. I don't like, I don't need it. Like I, like, I don't need to have this pot because it's so ugly. It's a memory um, though. What? It's a memory though. It is a memory. I know it is a memory, but I have pictures and I have, you know, all of that. So I still have, yeah, I still have all my, my gear. So nice. yeah. mm-hmm. I think you should write a short film about a belly dancer sword fighter. That way you can get that actor out there. That's get a good it, idea. And do it. That's a good idea. And, and I have to think about that. I have to ask this because we were looking at your website the other day. Um, yeah. What exactly are the levels that you have? List? You have like SSSBD level one and all this. What yeah. exactly does that mean? So the levels are basically um, there. So the program out in San Francisco uh, has five levels. 
and I made it to the first level of Jamila uh, belly dance style training, and then I made it to the second level of Suhaila style belly dance training. Um, and basically, Suhaila um, created a technique for belly dancers. You know, there's a technique involved with ballet, right? Or um, foundation in jazz and modern but there wasn't really anything for belly dance. And so Suhaila created that because she was, you know, she was trained in, in all forms of dance. And she noticed that there was this foundational training for ballerinas and tap dancers and like all of these other styles and formats. And she was like, Oh yeah, like belly dance doesn't have that. So she was really the first person to really create a solid training technique program and the exercise. And it's like basically like creating bar work for belly dancers. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah, um, and then names associated with certain moves, um, and then um, just like breaking it all down musically and dance-wise. So, because with belly dancers, you're basically if you're playing cymbals, you're playing along with the band who is live mm-hmm. and improvising while you're dancing. Oh, cool. So it's it's very it's you know it's kind of mathematical. <laughs> in a way because music is music is so mathematical and you're you're you know but it's improvisational because you're working with the band or you're working with the music um and you're creating all of this at the same time so um yeah yeah that's that's uh it took a long time to get through those techniques it was a lot um and I haven't you know I haven't um continued my training quite as avidly as I was before um because it became uh, I'm a bit I'm a bit obsessive so like I became obsessed with belly dance and I was doing it all the time and I was like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute I need to slow down because this is taking away from my acting which is really what I want to do with my life and my career and this is my artistic expression of how I want to um be and and so I had to take a step back from the belly dance world and the dance world um and I even oh this breaks my heart but I even turned down the opportunity to be a a dance like a ballroom dance partner um with a a beautiful dancer uh, uh who's mostly salsa based and I was like, oh, I would love to do that. But I'm moving to New York and I have to go be an actor because that's what I have to do with my life. So, um, yeah. So I had to had to have the enlightened no moment being like, OK, these are amazing opportunities and these are amazing things that I could be doing. And I'm going to say no to them and really focus my energies on my acting. All right. So let's talk a little bit about your TV experiences. We know that you're yeah. going to be on an episode of Chicago Med in a couple of weeks, which will be after this episode or before this episode airs. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience? On Chicago Med? Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. That was amazing. I, I, you know, I got the audition for that, and I thought, this is so not me. I was like, this is so not, like, my role. But, okay, I love this casting director. I love my agents. I'm just going to trust them and I'm going to go for it. And the way it was written, I was like, this is just like, I'm no, this is not how I want to play it. So I went in there and played it super uh, strong, independent, protective, sort of like a lioness of a mother. Um, And because I play a mom. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And, and I did that for the audition and I, I was, um, listen, I was a mess in that audition. I had to pretend I had a baby and it's always weird doing like a, it's always weird doing an audition where there's like a camera and there's your reader and you're trying to do all these physical things, but you don't want to do too much because the camera is like close up. It's a, you know, close up on you. Mm-hmm. So you can't really do a lot of the physical action. So I like took my scarf, it's winter. And I like wrapped my scarf up like it was a swaddled child and like Aww. pretended like that was my child. <laughs> Um, and I messed up a couple times during the lines and the casting director was like, okay, wait, 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 we, we gotta, I get these lines down. Like, let's do this again. I'm like, and I'm like, the more we're stopping and going again, I'm like getting more and more nervous. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, oh. I'm just like really fucking up this audition. It's totally fine. It's just a laugh. <laughs> oh, so, so 
finally, like we've moved around, like we've done like four to five scenes and like my purse has ended up on the floor and like there's a chair, like I moved a chair and all this stuff. And I'm like, thanks so much. Like, and they're like, thank you so much for coming in. I'm like, great, have a great day. And I pick up my purse and I head on out the door. And all of a sudden I realized that my purse strap has gotten caught on the chair and I'm taking the chair with me. <laughs> and I was like, oh God, this is the worst. I'm failing so hard. Oh, and, and I was like, well, I'll be here all week, folks. And I like, unstrapped my chair and like walked out. And they were just kind of like, Oh my God. <laughs> and I left and I immediately, like, I could have chosen to like major, like go into like a major spiral of like anxiousing and like being like, oh my gosh, like that was so awful. I made mean, such a bad impression, but I knew this casting director, like I love working with them. And I was like, well, I was just myself. So like, that's fine. That's good. Like, and it's always about the next role. It's not about that role that you're going in for. So I went to have lunch with my cousin who was in town and we had, you know, we had a lovely lunch and I just like laughed and talked about the experience with everybody. And I just laughed it off and promptly forgot about it. And, <laughs> and like a week later, um, my agent calls and he was like, Hey, so I think you got this role. Do you remember this role? And I was like, yeah, what? <laughs> and he was like, uh, because like you might have to fly out tomorrow. And I was like, what? Oh, he was God. like, yeah, I'm just double checking dates and everything. But like, you might have to be leaving tomorrow at nine. And I was like, ah, okay. Okay. It's like two o'clock in the afternoon oh, and I have an audition. I'm heading to that day. What? So I'm literally, I'm like, okay, I guess I'm on hold for this project. So I go to this other audition and then my agent calls and says, yep, you got it. You're leaving. You've got a car picking you up at 9 a.m. tomorrow. And I was like, oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> so I immediately had to, like, I cancel. I had to cancel all these plans. I did have a date that night, which I didn't cancel. Um, <laughs> I know. Bad. I should have been packing. But I did have a date, which was not it was it was fine, but it was, it was not great. Um, I was about I was to say, like, it all depends on how good I the like, date went. I, like, had dinner and yeah. had wine, and I was like, okay, and I'm going to go home now. Thanks so much. Bye. Um, I know, I know. But, you know, such is life when you're, like, you know, focused on something completely different, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I was just so excited that, like, I had no focus and time for this at all. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I just, I'm going to go. Bye. <laughs> so, so I went home and I packed and I got picked up at 9 o'clock in the morning the next day. And I had to cancel this amazing reading that I was in. I was in this, this uh, developmental reading that I was in for um, my friend who's developing a play based on a real murder story that happened in New York. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and it was so cool, but I had to cancel on her because I was like, look, I got this big, big role on TV, so, like, I am so sorry I have to do this. And she was super understanding, which was good, and everything worked out, and I went to Chicago, and I was there for 10 days. Okay. Um, and it was an amazing experience. It was the biggest, it was the biggest set I've ever been on. Um, it was the first network show I'd ever been on. Um, the director, Dave Rodriguez was incredible. Like I, I immediately, when I met him, I was like, wow, you and I are going to be working together in the future, not just this project. Right. Cause he's just so wonderful and amazing as a director. And I just like clicked with him. Um, and it was fun. It was really fun. Um, I don't, I don't know if I'm allowed to tell you what happens in the episode. I, I probably can't do that. It's so okay. I'm not yeah. going to tell you what happens. I was but you'll say have it. to watch it March 6th. Back, backtracking really quickly. Is it bad that I'm picturing that person you went on a date with, like still sitting at like a window with raindrops waiting for you to call them? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he is. They're like, haven't changed the clothes that they wore for the date. <laughs> He's probably like, was it me or was it just the audition? He's like pawing at the window longingly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he listens probably, to this, we're going to be in so much trouble. <laughs> probably a little bit of both. <laughs> As Emily's like, I'm going to Philly, son. Like, yeah. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry, guys. It's okay. Yeah. All right, so you talked about this being your first network television show. Is there a big significant difference between being on a network television show versus being on a show like, like Black Netflix? Mirror? Yeah. Um, yeah, Black Mirror, you know, because of the nature of Black Mirror and the fact that every episode is a standalone um, and every for every episode there's a different director, there's, there's a different um, crew 
different cast, everything, it feels a little bit like shooting a feature. So it feels a little bit um, more like indie small scale, but not because it's clearly it's Netflix and it's, it's a bigger production. Um, and there are two cameras, which is very rare for small indies. Um, so, so it was kind of, it, it was kind of like a, a, it was definitely a step up from doing a feature film. Um, but then going to NBC network for Chicago med, there were so many more people involved and there was such a consistent, uh, crew and cast that, you know, it's definitely a different nature going in and everyone's used to working with each other. Everybody knows each other. And I come in and I have to sort of meet everybody, learn everybody's names, you know, be really intense and, and playful out, um, for the role while three cameras are all over the place and you have no time to be like, I don't know what, like, where am I looking? Like, you just got to go, you just got to go for it. Um, and kind of ignore, like, I sort of, I have to tune out everyone who's around because there's mm-hmm. so many more people. Yeah. It's just such a bigger production and they're shooting so fast. I mean, right. sometimes we got like two, three takes of something and yeah. that was it. Okay. <laughs> um, so fewer takes, more cameras, they're capturing more um, all at once. And then, you know, the editing process is so fast because I shot that in November hmm. and they're coming out with it in March. Whereas for black mirror, I shot it in May and they came out with it in December. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how aware of you or how aware were you of black mirror before you auditioned for the ro- uh, role of Madge? Not at all. Nice. Literally had no idea. My agent, it was Easter weekend and I was heading up to Vermont and I I was in the airport about to board my plane and my agent was like, Hey, I have a really amazing audition for you for Monday at 10 o'clock. Um, it's for black mirror. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. And he was like, wait a minute. Do you not know what, do you not, do you not know, know what black mirror is? And I was like, no, no, I haven't seen it. He's like, Oh my God, go binge that this entire weekend. You need to know that show. You yeah, need to binge it. That's really it's, good. it's big. It's awesome. You need to do it. <laughs> and I was not planning on returning from Vermont until Tuesday. So I had to like rebook my flight so that I was coming <laughs> back on Sunday so that I could like be ready and like in the room at 10 o'clock on the, in the morning yeah. on Monday. Um, and for that audition, all I knew was that it was for black mirror and I didn't okay. know anything else. They didn't give me a script. They didn't give me any other details. The nice. sides that I had were, you know, just like, just like so typical nurse that I was like, Oh, this is like a tiny, this is a tiny little like five liner role. Right. right. Yeah. Um, and then I auditioned for it and that audition too. I was like, Oh my God, I totally fucked that up. Like, I don't know. I, that was the worst audition ever. And I remember sitting in a coffee shop and I called my mom and I was like, I'm the worst actor. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, why am I an actor? What am I doing here in this city? Like I'm having a, like a complete existential crisis. Right. After the audition. And like two days, like two days later, my agent's like, so you're up for the role. You're one of the topics. And I was like, what? <laughs> and, uh, and he had a couple questions for me and we talked that out. And, and then, uh, and then like two days after that, I got the call and he said, you've been approved by Netflix. And I literally <laughs> screamed. Nice. I literally screamed and I danced around my sister's living room. And I was just like, <laughs> totally shocked and elated and my my agent was so funny because i like when he told me i completely screamed and he was like he like held the phone away from his ear he was like she's screaming to everybody in the office so everyone knew that i was like totally blew my cool like i'm so not cool anymore like totally like geeking out over the fact that this was like my first big um guest star role uh for for uh netflix so basically, moral of the story is when you mess up your audition, you're making a great impression and you're going to get the role. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's like my typical pattern. I don't know. Um, generally, generally, um, 
I think, I think when you feel that way or when I feel that way after an audition, it just means that I just made really bold choices. I brought my, my whole self to the role and I didn't think too much. And if you think too much during an audition, you're controlling it rather than letting it just play you. And so, so I find that, yeah, when I think I've messed up royally, um, <laughs> yeah, then that's actually some of my best work. <laughs> nice. Well, like, I mean, yeah. you do such a great job in an episode. Like, after I watched the episode is when I messaged you saying, like, you did such a great job. <laughs> so, like, you <Aww>. did. <laughs> so, that's yeah. so kind of you. That's so kind of you. Thank you so much. I mean, yeah. honestly, the, the feedback has been overwhelming and incredible. I, I mean, it's been so positive, and I, I've just been really grateful for all of all of that that's been coming in. So, yeah, I'm sure thank like you for reaching out to me. <laughs> no, of course. Thank you for responding. That was yeah. huge. Thank you. <laughs> of course. Of course. So that episode in particular is a pretty intense episode. Um, what was the most challenging scene for you to film? Ooh, well, I would probably say my first sex scene was the most challenging <laughs> um, because that was my first time ever having to do quite such an intimate, uh, intense scene with another actor on film. Um, and, and it was actually, funnily enough, my first day. Oh, wow. (laughs) Like, they just threw me into the deep end. Like, I'm like, okay, um, great. That's my first day. Cool. And so, you know, at first I was like, way to go, guys. Like, thanks so much to the first day D for planning that one. (laughs) Um, but... In a way, it just kind of like threw me in the deep end. In a way yeah. that I didn't have a choice. I didn't have a choice to think about it or like, like, like play mind games with it. Um, and and I just had to go for it. And I'm, you know, I was actually surprised at how comfortable I was. And and uh, Daniel LePayne was so amazing, and he's such a lovely guy to work with. And we just were very honest about how we wanted to work and what was comfortable, what was not comfortable. And, and we just kind of went right into it and it was a closed set. And, um, Colin McCarthy, our director was really professional and wonderful as well. Um, and there was a lot of technicality that was involved in the whole day because of the, um, the contraption I had on my head, the little uh, light yeah. up <laughs> yeah. contraption. Yeah. That was like, there was a lot of technicality because of that. Um, but it was, uh, that was, I think the most challenging scene to do, um, for Black Mirror. Yeah, I can imagine. It's probably like, I don't know how how you feel about it, but I would think it would probably be better to get that out of the way than to like get to know everyone and then have to do it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I think that there's like, I don't know. I think it would have been fine either way. I'm, I'm, I was very (laughs) comfortable going in with it, um, I think a lot of it because I was a dancer and so I'm very comfortable in my yeah. body and my skin. And so, you know, and, and honestly, it, you know, it can be like, oh my gosh, this is so scary, but it's also like, this is work. This is what I do for work. Yeah. And this is just part of the job description. So it's like, you go in, you punch in and you, you're like, Hey, Hey, how are you doing today? Great. Okay, cool. Like robe <laughs> off. Awesome. This is the position we're in. Great. Let's shoot. Live camera action. Great. Go. Yeah. Great. End of the day. Punch out. Get changed. Ready. Go back home. Like, yeah. it's like you know, it's just very. Um, it's there's nothing that's like weird, sticky about it, especially in the way that this film set and this crew and my my uh, my fellow actors were. Well, that's just awesome. Really, Totally. Yeah, it was very comfortable, very comfortable experience, very safe space. And I felt very much that um, everyone was was making that possible. That's great. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we know you do a lot of uh, voiceover work. How did you get into that? Oh, I, you know, I think I think my my best friend Montana's dad, who's a wonderful director, Farhad Man, um, always said to me, he was like, you have a really amazing voice. You should go into voiceover work. And I was like, huh, okay, okay, okay. And I really focused on acting for a while. And then I really took his advice and started looking into VO. And I found my teacher here in the city, Shelly Chenoy, and I started working with her and creating my demo and 
loving the way she works and the way she uh, trains and the way she develops demo reels. And so um, I worked with her for about two years to create my demos. And I, I still, um, I'll still take classes now and then. Um, but that's kind of how I got into voiceover work. And I, and I love it. It's so fun because what's exciting about VO is that it's not about what you look like. So I can play a gremlin, you know, right. whereas like for film and television and theater, I'm not going to play a gremlin. Like no, like, people are probably not going to like call me in for the gremlin role. Right. Right. Um, but damn it. I want that role. Like I want to play the gremlin. That's so fun to me. So it's exciting that with Leo, it doesn't matter. So I can walk in, do a great gremlin voice and all you're hearing is the voice. And so that's, you know, if that's the best voice for the project, then great, yeah. you know? So Kind of like That's pod- what I find really exciting about you. Kind of like podcasting, because I look like a gremlin. No, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, it's like you telling me that I could show up in my pajamas today, and I was like, well, yes, but I'm going to get dressed. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> I totally respect that, definitely. Yeah, because as you were say- as we were talking earlier this week, Claudius, I think um, – you were saying like, oh, it's so nice to just go to work and not have to worry about what you look like. But yeah. when I do VO and I'm in the studio, you do have to worry about what you're looking like because right. you never know who's working on what. You never know like yeah, you're right. if yeah. you're in the foyer waiting to go into the booth and there's somebody working on a completely different project down the hallway who's right. also casting yeah. Yeah, a course. feature film or knows somebody who was just complaining about needing an actor for this feature film. And he's like, oh, hey, like you look like, Mm-hmm. the part for that like no. let me just you know no you're totally so right. it makes sense yeah so it's always really important um for lazy. me anyway to show up camera ready always <laughs> or at least on. decent i'm just lazy emily as you can see <laughs> um so yeah. how do you come up with the different voices like the ones on your animation demo reel i know um claudius really likes the lady that does the esquire or reads the, for the esquire magazine i thing. love that voice it's so like how do you come up with those different voices that is my attempt at Fran Drescher imitation. I heard, I heard that, actually. Oh, yeah. So I, was thinking of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I used good. to watch that show. My dad used to watch that show a lot when I was little. And I loved that show. I just thought it was so good, you know? And I loved her voice in it. And um, basically, when I'm creating my demo with Shelly, she says, just like improvise. Improvise lots of different voices. So I'll basically mm-hmm. be in my room, like with the recorder on like going nuts and all these different voices and accents and like pitches and ranges and I'm just playing around and then if I hit something that I'm like ooh, that's fun like I want to play more with that one then I'll just riff and I'll keep talking in that voice and then I'll find a portion of what I recorded and go ooh, that sounds good or that feels good yeah and I'll record that send it to her and she'll be like okay great like add this add that subtract that um, and we'll really hone it and work on it and refine it and before we go into the booth and record. It's funny you say Fran Drescher because uh, I think Jamie was saying that you remind her of Lois Griffin and I think from Family Guy. And that's pretty much what they do, her, <laughs> panel her voice off of. Yeah, so. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. I um, I remember one time I was just like joking around my sister and I did Lois Griffin's voice. <laughs> Oh, and really and I could this? never do it again. Oh, I could yeah. never do it again. I, I nailed it this one time. Could you like attempt then, it now for us? Absolutely not. Oh. <laughs> absolutely not. Man. I would butcher it. I would totally butcher it. I'm not even warmed up. Oh, okay. Don't worry. I get that. They, I did a Linda from Bob's Burgers voice one time. They keep telling me to do it again. I'm like, I can't find that again. Yeah. It's I like don't. unrepeatable. You yeah. find those ones that are just unrepeatable. You it's that perfect it. circumstance. <laughs> yeah, well, we were like yeah. cracking up listening to your yeah, uh, animation it. one. So it was good. just so funny. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so what advice would you have for people wanting to work in the entertainment industry? Oh, wanting to work in the <laughs> entertainment industry. Ah, if you don't, this is so oversaid. If you, if you, if you can imagine yourself doing anything else, go do that. And if you can't, then you're on the right path. Oh, wow. Do it. Okay. 
Nice. Um, hmm. So if you can imagine yourself being a pilot, being a teacher, being a banker, being a real estate agent, running your own business, whatever, do that. Um, because this is a really, really tricky industry to be in. And you have to have a rock solid passion and drive and need to do it. Um, because you will get rejected and fall down more times than you will ever get lifted up. Um, and so you just have to have that persistence and resilience to keep going. That was real fun. Hard That's the real shit right there for yeah. me. Yeah, seriously. Okay. I like it. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, okay, so we're kind of towards the end of it, which is I think we're making good time. Um, this is our mm-hmm. lightning round with questions. We're going to ask you, we're going to do three each to save you some time. And okay. whatever comes to your mind first is blurted out, whatever it is. Okay. Are you, are you ready for it? Yeah. And oh, and then in the end, we have like an ultimate question we ask every guest. Oh, that God. We have. <laughs> the okay. ultimate question. But no pressure. Just, you know, just be your awesome no self and we'll be good to go. I guess I'll go first. What's your favorite food? Chicken. Okay. Roast chicken. Um, where would you like to retire? Italy. What superpower would you choose to have? Um, chameleoning, <laughs> which I know that sounds like, what is that? But basically, it means that I would be able to go into any situation, anywhere, and like completely transform nice. like a chameleon. Like Mystique. She wants to be Mystique. Yeah. Okay, cool. And, like and what's cool about this one, about my chameleoning superpower, is that like anyone that I was like with, and like was like physically touching would also be able to chameleon. Oh, nice! You can transfer yeah. your power too. Oh, nice. So it's kind of like an invisibility cloak, but like a chameleon cloak. Oh, nice. So like, like well, whoever's with me can also do the same thing. It's I cool. love how much yeah. thought she's put into it. I know that's so I cool. Have, I have. I put a lot of thought yeah, into it. She was prepared. I know. Um, favorite curse word? Fuck. <laughs> yes, all-time favorite. <laughs> yeah. All right, favorite time period to live in outside of current time? 40s. Nice. Uh, dream vacation destination? Iceland. Currently. Nice. <laughs> Currently um, Iceland. Okay. Yeah, Iceland <laughs> looks like it's really nice. Um, yeah, I really want to go to Iceland. And I really want to get one of those, uh, I don't know if you know about these, but they're like these um, glass igloos. And yep. you can like watch the northern lights and the stars. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've seen those. those amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, favorite holiday? Oh. Oh. Christmas. Okay. Christmas. Okay. Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> Be a little uh, bit more solid about that. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimate role that you would want to play? I would love to play Lady Macbeth again. I thought she was going to go for belly dancer. Uh... I know. She just... <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll copyright that. You can't use that. <laughs> yeah, sword fight and belly dancer. Uh, do you have a favorite Disney character? Oh, no. Um, <laughs> she wasn't prepared. So I was not prepared for that question. Okay, well, I, I don't have a favorite Disney character, but I have been likened to Belle. Okay. That's what okay. someone someone told me that I am most like Belle awesome. out of all the Disney characters. Well, she's my favorite. <laughs> oh, she? Good. Good. I like Tinkerbell. She's excellent. <laughs> all right. Um, Jamie's going to ask you a very last question. Okay. All right. This is the big one. Can unicorns fly? Why or why not? Absolutely they can fly. <laughs> and I think they can fly... <laughs> Because they're all powerful. Right? I totally agree with you, Emily. Thank you so Ugh. much. This interview yeah. is over. Absolutely. <laughs> Listen, I believe we can fly. We just yeah. we just doubt ourselves. She's too right. Much, so I totally agree with yeah. that. Yeah, I think if, if we can, you'll be the first one to do it. Yeah, I think so too. And she can she can share her chameleoning. Yes, and then we can fly, too. Yay! I'll hold hands, and we'll fly. Yeah, definitely. That's a nice reference to Disney, right? Right. Tinkerbell. Yeah, yeah. Um, Isn't it? it, What what movie is that where they laugh and they fly? Peter Pan with Tinkerbell. Oh, With the pixie dust. Right, right. It is, yeah. (laughs) (sighs) No! Wait, Mary Poppins. I was going to say, I don't think they laugh and fly. They have the happy thoughts, though. Isn't that... 
Isn't that in that movie? I think it is. Mary yeah, Poppins. it is. I think it is yeah. Mary Poppins. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure. yeah, it's all Disney movies. That's good. I think you so. Maybe pretty... that's the trick. Maybe we just all have to laugh more, and then we'll fly. Dude, I love laughing. Like I'm like the loudest laugher of the three of us. Like seriously. it's the best. Oh, no. yeah, it's so I good. get going. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. Well, we know you have to go. Um, <laughs> so thank you so I much. I have a story for your about time. that, but we'll save it for off the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Um, if you want to mention anything, like as far as like your website, totally, you can do that now if you want, so people can catch up with you, follow you on Instagram. Absolutely. If you want to uh, go to my website, it's www.emilyveernickel.com. My Instagram handle is at Emily Veernickel, and so is my YouTube. And you can also find me on Facebook that oh. way as well. Sweet. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us. This is a huge... Absolutely. It was a pleasure talking to you guys. I'm so excited to be part of your 101st episode. Right. This is huge <laughs> for us. Yeah. Well, yeah, we appreciate it. Safe, safe journey to um, being in Philly, right? So, yeah. And we'll definitely be in touch. Feel free. If you want to come back anytime, totally come definitely. back and talk about stuff. It doesn't really matter. Absolutely. I would love that. And you guys are based in Atlanta? Yes. Yeah, Atlanta. Yep. Yeah, so. amazing. So if I if I come down at any point this year to Atlanta, I'll make sure I say hello to you guys. Yeah, that'd be cool. Definitely oh, awesome. We can go like eat. We'd love to meet you. Like we know, really and we can good... go fly. We, we can go, go fly. fly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can go laugh and fly. How about that? We'll be <laughs> yeah, maniacs in downtown Atlanta. Anyway, be safe and thank you so much again. We'll talk to you soon. Thank, thank you. you. All right, sounds good. Take care, guys. You too. Bye. Bye. Bye.